Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Be a part of the best pro wrestling podcast today by supporting the Going In Raw Patreon. You can enjoy access to the live taping of the show, exclusive merchandise, and patron-only episodes, and so much more. Support Going In Raw today. Click the link in the description. This is Charlotte, and you're watching Going In Raw. That sounds terrible. What's up? This is the most musty WWE superstar of all time and his lovely, gorgeous wife. <laughs> and you are Going In Raw. What's up? It's your girl, Sasha Banks, legit boss, and you are watching Going In Raw. Oh, baby, I like it raw. Oh, baby, I like it raw. And you are tuned in to Going In Raw right now. How you doing? Hey, friend Steve here. And Larson. And welcome to Going In Raw View. That's right, it's our pay-per-view review show where we take old pay-per-views for a variety of reasons and uh, and review them here at YouTube.com forward slash Stephen Larson. What? We allow our uh, Patreon uh, $10 and up members. Yes. Our, the elite class, $10 and up, um, to vote. We put three up and then they vote on them. Uh, this week we're doing WrestleMania 25. Yes, we're also on the. <laughs> What's going on here? Why is it getting off to such like a, a, a stilted start? That's a, that's a weird yes you just gave me. He said yes. Oh, sorry. That's right, Steve. Well, earlier <laughs> I wasn't paying attention. That's why I asked what. I was reading your notes. <laughs> that you. was weird. Um, anyways, we're on the Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash Stephen Larson. Like I said, at the ten dollar mark, you can uh, you can vote on which uh, pay per view we're, we're going to review. We can. Yeah, and then uh, we also have a big sale happening right now. At ProWrestlingTees.com for We're not having it. ProWrestlingTees is having it. We're having a big sale over at ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash going in raw. Look at this shirt. You can get this shirt right here. You can get, look at this. Congress under Mecca Santa Larson. I just took this one off so it's like gross with me. Look at that one right there. And then there's a, we have a going, and we have like 11 shirts over there, Larson. Yeah. Right now, 20% off. Yes. 20% off. Yes. What's, what's the discount code in America? America. I think it's America. Ameri- well, it's the big Independence Day. It's kind of post-Independence Day. Yeah, sale. sale. Summer sale. Yeah. Anyways, we have information up on our Twitter. Check it out. Yeah, or just go to ProRoslandTees.com for us. I was going in wrong. Or that. Link is in the description. Um, all right. So after that stellar intro, Larson, we're going to talk about WrestleMania 25. I will say we kind of got back into a good rhythm after the weirdness. Well, the when way. my partner said, looks at me and goes, What? That kind of, it's going to throw me off a little bit. Well, you should concentrate on what? what you're doing a little bit better, I guess. 
I know we should do some exercise where you throw stuff at me while I'm trying to do the intro. And there then, you go. Then I'll be good. Doesn't matter. We'll okay. Shot at. All right, we'll fun. start doing that. Um, anyways, uh, so we're gonna look at WrestleMania 25. Um, these work probably, I, in my opinion, these work best. And you mentioned this before, camera kind of. These work best when the wrestling is is when there's something unique about the show. When it's, I prefer personally when they're bad. And so uh, at the end of the show, we're gonna give our patrons. Um, or we're going to let you guys know uh, the three options they have for next week's. Exactly. And they're all bad. They're all hilariously bad. It's all stuff that we can talk shit about uh, because that's what we love to do here going in raw. Um, this didn't have a lot that you could talk shit about necessarily. Apart from a Kid Rock performance, no. Then I actually skipped through a lot of that. There were he's three songs. I sat through the whole thing. Oh, my gosh. Not because I wanted to, because I wanted to watch the whole show. Yeah. And it was it was it blew my mind that in 2009, yeah, that was weird. He was still popular, but then I remember this was no, this was the uh, the uh, the time when he had that song that was a ripoff of both uh, Warren Zevon's Werewolf in London and mm-hmm. Sweet Home Alabama, <laughs> and that was on the radio a lot. Yeah, and okay. that's what he closed his set with. Okay, See, if you had watched it, you'd have known that. No, I no no. Okay, here's the thing. Watching that, watching WrestleMania 25, even if I watched all the Kid Rock performance, I never would have known from exclusively watching that that he was still popular at the time. I just kind of put that together. Okay. Because, you know, he had his his first surge of popularity with that first album of his. Ba with the Ba. Yeah, that's yeah. the song. But that was like 99, wasn't it? Well, yeah, it, it was, was late 90s, early 2000s. It was 2000. early 2000s, I think. Um, and then... Uh, you know, I just figured they gained that level of success, and then he had that song, and then suddenly he's on the radio all the time. I just figured they brought him in as a nostalgia act. I didn't well, know that he was still like kind a thing. Of. No, I think he wasn't necessarily still a thing. He was a thing again. Yeah, okay, but not as big as a thing as no, he was no. Before. But it's funny you mentioned nostalgia because that song is all about nostalgia. Yeah, it's terrible. That's why it rips off two old songs. But beyond that, it was just kind of a regular WrestleMania. Yeah, there were some good matches. Yeah, I mean, it had one great... The reason why we're doing this is because last week, or two weeks ago, rather, we reviewed the first Hell in a Cell between HBK and Undertaker, and this, of course, has one of their... It's, it's, this has the match that the WWE, anyways, claims is the greatest match ever. I believe so. Oh, in WWE history, yes. Yeah. That's uh, <laughs> going... To them, it's All right, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, HBK versus Undertaker. Um, that's the one before the retirement match, which we actually preferred. But we'll get into that more match later. 26. Why? Um, but beyond that, like, it was just sort of a regular WrestleMania. There was, I will say this, like, there are a couple instances that I noticed of this. So this was 2009. It was sort of in a weird, people are starting, certain people are starting to look older. Like, Triple H looked really weird. Yeah. He looked like he was maybe off something or on something different. Well, I think part of it, too, is is we're used to him looking old with short hair or, or no hair. Yeah. And this was him looking old with lots of hair. Yeah. I think that was part of it. If we're used to we're used to one of two things. Baby, like, baby Triple H, where he had, like, a fuller face yes. and long hair. Yes. Or Triple H now, where yes. he just looks like a football. Mm-hmm. Um, in 2009, he was he right was both, in between. He was both those things. It was both those things. Shane was both those things. Yeah. Shane was like baby face Shane, but his hair was gray. Just starting to turn gray. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, But it was kind of all over gray. It wasn't, he didn't do the temple up thing. But it wasn't as gray as it is now. Right, now it's chalk white. Yeah. Um, and then I'm trying to think who else. Everybody was in the weird in-between. And then you have Randy Orton who looks the exact same, just way younger. Yeah, but even Orton, like, when Orton, like, 
like 2005 Orton and 2009 Orton, I feel I feel like 2009 and 2017 Orton look very similar. They do. They have the same haircut, same trunks. Yeah, and he's already got cracks in his skin. Yeah, he just looks a little bit older. Whereas, like, 2004 but, Randy Orton, like, five years earlier, was a baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, he had, like, he was baby. Well, he was. He was 23, 24. Yeah, but then by the time he hits, like, 28, he already looks like he's 48. Well, that's... that's being a wrestler, I'm sure, is a hard life. Yeah, man. That was uh, before he got maybe on the road. Maybe that was like right before he got his bus, and then he started like he just stopped aging completely. Could be. Big Show was like in a weird thing too. Now he looks. Now he looks weird. He looks weird now. He's got the big beard, which is cool. Yeah. But he's old. Yeah. He he's in really good shape. He still has kind of old man. Body. Yeah. He's in spectacular shape. He's in he's in weird good shape. Like he's in good shape. But I'm so used to being to him being tall and round yeah. that it's just off-putting. It is, it's I'll say of, off-putting. It's no, I know. It's, it's kind weird. of shocking to see him in his early WCW days. Oh, yeah. Where he's super athletic. Oh, that's just weird. Him yeah. doing drop kicks. I know. That's weird. Um, and it's weird that he was relevant in 2009. I know. It's because it's kind of a modern-ish pay-per-view. I mean, it was less than 10 years ago. Yeah. It's like a modern-ish pay-per-view, but he's totally relevant. He's like in one of the main event scenes. Mm-hmm. It's all strange. Yeah, it's very strange. Um, but anyways, it opened up. With um, uh, a little video, a nicely done video montage where everybody was talking about their favorite WrestleMania moments, the biggest WrestleMania moments, uh, Cena, Edge, um, Triple H. Talks about uh, watching like WrestleMania three, I think, and saying, "I thought it'd be the coolest thing in the world if I could be involved in that." And yeah. I just thought of like his like you know Warrior beating him in what like two minutes or yeah something. no it was less than that I think yeah I want I put here thirteen seconds I don't know if that's true or not I because I think it took longer than thirteen seconds for Warrior to to no sell a pedigree and then give him a Warrior oh, flash maybe it's like a minute I think it was like a minute nine or something weird like that that's sixty nine seconds Larson. Um and then of course they open up by saying it's the twenty fifth anniversary of WrestleMania. Not actually true. It was the 24th anniversary of WrestleMania. It was simply WrestleMania 25. But they make a point. And I was like, wait a second. Don't you count the year of the first year? Um, because there was no zero, it wouldn't have actually been the 25th anniversary. Well, I mean, it's kind of splitting hairs on Yeah, I know, but the internet was apparently on fire about that. Really? <laughs> yeah, because the 20, WrestleMania 26 would have actually been the 25th anniversary. I understand that, but that's, that's, that's a silly thing to get upset about. Well, it's the internet. Everything on the internet is silly. I didn't know they were that silly all the way back in 2009. Oh, man. Are you kidding me? We were silly online back in 1996. Yeah, AOL chat room. But we weren't making uh, a huge deal about nothing, were we? Yeah. Of course we were. We were kids, though. Um, Somebody named Nicole Scherzinger. Yeah, she's one of the Pussycat Dolls. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, she was a sort of failed pop star. Oh, she got some success. Tried, yeah, some success. But not now, but yeah, back then. Let me ask you something. Yeah. Who had more success, in your opinion, after Wikipediaing both these people? Nicole Scherzinger, or who's the country artist that did the last one that we saw? Oh, Nicole had way more success. You think so? Yeah, easily. But he was a solo artist. I don't think she did anything outside of her groups. I don't know know about that, but I know the Pussycat Dolls had several uh, pop hits. I forget what that guy's name was. Anyway. Yeah, I do too. Um, a lot of pyro to open the show too. Yeah, so good for them. WrestleMania, they're gonna have the pyro to open up WrestleMania 25. There was a Money in the Bank ladder match. Actually, a hell of a match. Yeah, it was good. Um, let's see here. Long hair. Let me. Do we agree on this? Uh, CM Punk with long hair but no beard. Worst punk. Poorest design. Yeah, punk. I think so. 
Because with beard, he looked great. Mm -hmm. With short hair and beard, he looked great. With short hair, even with no beard, he looked great. Yeah. Long hair and no beard. He just didn't have that cool edge to him. Yeah, I agree. He always had really cool merch, though. Yeah, that shirt he was wearing was pretty awesome. With the two fists? Mm -hmm. That was rad. I always liked the one that had the rib cage. Yeah, that yeah, was that cool. cool. He always had really cool merch. Um, MVP. He came out. Mm -hmm. I can't stand that dude's gear. Mm -hmm. By all, I mean, by all accounts, he's a decent wrestler. He's he was not, super over too. He was over. Okay, he was over. You know who got? I think maybe the loudest pop. Christian. When he came out, he got a massive pop. That's weird, right? That's weird. Do you think uh, Christian was uh, underused? Was was not used to the best of their ability? Or do you think that they pretty much tried everything they could with him? I mean, I know you weren't watching hardcore at the time. No. I mean, if you ask me who is the star of Edge and Christian, I would say Edge. Right. And that's not even thinking about their careers. Because Christian was kind of in the... The world title scene for Christian was kind of akin to uh, Dolph Ziggler. Like, they were not... They, were, they, they did both get the world championship... Mainly when the world championship was not as prestigious as because mm -hmm. they kind of flip sometimes. Like when Triple yeah, yeah, H yeah, and yeah. Batista were fighting for the big gold belt, that was the big belt. That was top belt, yeah. Right, and then Cena got the WWE title and they kind of flipped. Yeah, but at the time when Christian got the big gold belt, and same for Dolph Ziggler when he got the big gold belt, the WWE title was more prestigious. Oh yeah, and they both had really really short underwhelming runs. Yeah, because Christian was in a program with Randy Orton when he won his. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, what do you think about Christian's music? Which one was it? Uh, 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 the one that goes, Christian! <laughs> That's my favorite. Finley was awesome. Mm -hmm. But what was the deal? He had, I, I had never known that he came out with a leather jacket and a football, one single football pad attached to it. Yeah, that was kind of neat, though. And. <laughs> <laughs> you gonna start wearing it? And he had the the shillelagh. Yeah, he had the shillelagh. I like that. I like that they used to book Finley kind of strong. Mm -hmm. um, and he came out with Hornswoggle. Mm -hmm. uh, Shelton Benjamin, literally, he looked like a walking championship belt, and yes. he didn't even need a big robe to do it. I know. Because he was going by the gold standard at the time, which is a fantastic nickname. And so all of his ring gear was like gold. And he looked really cool. Yeah. He, he was a stud. Yeah, he was. And he had the spot of the night. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so anyways, uh, speaking of which, let's get right into that because, uh, oh, and also Kofi Kingston yes. and Mark Henry. They're um, so and there's Kenny. a huge ladder step on the outside and everybody's kind of fighting at the, the, up on the outside, up right outside the ring. So Shelton Benjamin scales that ladder to the very top and does a flip off it. Yeah. That was terrifying. Yeah. That was very terrifying because they caught him well enough to, to, but it wasn't like a trust exercise catch. It was more like, let's fall as he's falling, catch. Let's break his fall. Let's break his fall, but let's make it look like he might die right here. Because he fell on his shoulders, I believe. His yeah. His upper back and shoulders. Yeah. Like they caught his lower area. Yeah. But not so much his shoulders. No. Ugh. I know. Very dangerous. And then there was that spot where he's supposed to do a sunset flip powerbomb um, off the ladder onto MVP, and MVP just botched it. Yeah. Like he decided he didn't want to take the move. Yeah. And that looked like Shelton could have hurt himself. Some of the stuff uh, Kofi Kingston was doing, especially as it pertains to ladders. Yeah. I always feel like he, he was going to get his ankle twisted in a ladder, 
and then just be done. Like his, his ankle would just get destroyed. And then there's that great spot where uh, Mark Henry's holding up the ladder and Kofi tries to climb it. Sort of like we saw with, with, yeah. with Becky Lynch yeah, yeah, on yeah. the SmackDown Main the Bank ladder match. Yeah. Um, and yeah, Mark Henry pulls the ladder away. Mm-hmm. Kofi falls. When he falls, he gets his foot caught in between rungs of the ladder. Yeah. A little bit. And then. But Mark Henry kind of catches him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, he, I think he was supposed to catch him a little higher. But Kofi, yeah, it looked like. I think if, if he hadn't have actually caught him where he did, Kofi could have really messed up his ankle. Yes. But then Kofi Kingston. He's kind of like rubbery, I think. Um, Mark Henry gives him the world's strongest slam onto the ladder. Yeah, that was cool. Um, after that botch of the Sunset Flip Powerbomb, Shelton Benjamin picks up MVP and just powerbombs outside the ring. Yeah, that was rad. Onto a couple people. Uh, CM Punk ended up going over mm-hmm. after kicking Kane off the ladder, right? Yeah, this was yeah. his second Money in the Bank ladder match. Yeah, that's right, yeah. And Consecutive. He, and he still wasn't... He, I mean, I think Punk was kind of over. I think people kind of liked him. I don't think he was nearly as over as the front office wanted him to be, which is why they would always jack with his championship. It's a little weird because it was during his first reign after his first Money in the Bank ladder match win, they had that thing where they took him out of the title match when he was champion. Yeah. And then they said, okay, well, it's been a few months. Let's try this again. Yeah. It's strange to me. Yeah, it is weird. He had a weird time in WWE. I'm telling you, man, once he cut his hair, though, that's when, it was, that's when he turned it on. Yep. Well... No, First, he had to grow the beard out. The straight edge, yeah, he grew the, yeah, and then he, he lost the hair versus the hair match. He was rad with that beard, man. That Royal Rumble, I think we did a book of the match on it once. The Royal Rumble that he had a pretty impressive showing in, and he was the, he had the full beard, and he had all the chest hair and stuff. Yeah, it looked yeah, weird. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he was rad. All right, after that was Kid Rock performance. I wonder what ever happened to CM Punk. Um, yeah, next up was the, was the uh, Kid Rock performance. Literally 90% of the audience act like they could not give. Nobody was cheering for this. A damn. Nobody was. There were three. He played three songs. And during the last one was when. I feel like it was more than three. Oh, really? I think it was four. Really? I think so. I thought I read it was three, but you might be right. During the last one, um, the entrance uh, for the low. I, I'm going to say this straight up. Probably the lowest point in the history of the women's division in the WWE. I know there have been bra and panty matches. I know they've done Mae Young giving birth to a hand. Uh, I know they've done Trish Stratus uh, kissing Vince McMahon's b-hole. They had Vince McMahon like kissing a lot of divas. But this was bad. It was bad. Because you had 25 divas, women's division wrestlers, in this match. They brought in a couple of former divas. Sonny was in this match. Yeah. Uh, Mickey James, I think, was still with the company. Yeah, she was. Um, I, think they said, I think Maurice was the champion at the time. I thought they mentioned that. Oh, okay. Natalia was around still. Yes. Uh, the Bells were around. I think they were pretty new. Mm-hmm. Um, Victoria was in the match. Victoria was in the match. Uh, Beth Phoenix yes. was in the match. Um, and also Santino Morella was in the match as Santina. And Santina won the Divas Battle Royal. Like, the the commentators treated it like, number one, some of the spots, some of the, and I, I, I recall, like, the Bella, one of the Bellas, I think it was Brie, I don't know, was involved in an elimination. Somebody was already on the apron, and she did some sort of, like, head scissors thing, which led to an elimination. It was really ugly, and it looked super dangerous for everybody involved. 
there were a lot of ugly botches yeah. in this yeah, match, yeah, yeah. usually dealing with eliminations. And the commentators treated it like it was just an absolute joke in the first place. Like, who's looking at that saying, oh, yeah, this will, you know. I don't know. I don't know. Look, there, I know, I know for a fact there were quality female wrestlers at the time. Yes. There were a couple in the damn ring. Yes. Natalia is one of them. Yes. Beth Phoenix is another one. Yes. And yet they had Santina win. And then after he won, he did a really grotesque, like, gyrating dance thing that I think was supposed to be for comedy. In fact, Santina was a fantastic comedy wrestler. Too. Yeah, he could be. But this was weird. It wasn't good. No, it wasn't good. It was not all. good. No. Not good at all. Like, this was only eight years ago. I know. Weird how much things have changed. Since I know. Then, you know? Anyways. Next, we had Chris Jericho take on a team of three legends. This was great, man. This was Jericho at, like, full heel. Yeah. Slow-talking Jericho. Yeah. Roddy Piper, Ricky Steamboat, mm-hmm. Jimmy Snooker. Now, I want to take this opportunity to talk about uh, how amazing... Ricky Steamboat was. Oh, Because man. you see Piper come out. He's got a, a, a gut on him. Yeah. Um, but other than that, he looks like he can still yeah, he look good. work the ring a little bit. Yeah. Snooka comes he, out. He, he did a drop kick. Yeah, Snooka comes out, and he didn't look good. No, he didn't. He was like a million years old at this point, though. Steamboat, Steamboat comes out yeah. and looks like he could legitimately still wrestle. Yeah, and he did. He, he did. He, he was <laughs> a and, wonder. And this was so surprising and shocking to the crowd, they were so behind him. Oh, yeah. Especially down the stretch. It was just him because this was elimination, I think? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, Snooka taps out the wall Jericho first, and then Jericho pins uh, Piper okay. after uh, running in Zagiri. And then, yeah, it was just one-on-one uh, Jericho versus Steamboat. And, man, it was like, it was at least a four-and-a-half-star match. Yeah, that point on. Steamboat, Steamboat had lost... Maybe a quarter of a step yeah. from 1989. You know, it looked great. The great thing is, the great thing is, Ric Flair was out there. Mm-hmm. He was like, you know, their their manager or whatever. Um, and there was a couple shots deep into the Steamboat Jericho sequence where the camera caught Ric Flair's face, and he looked so delighted for Steamboat. He looked so over the moon, delighted at his old. You know, all-time rival. One of the yes. all-time rivalries, one of the all-time series, is him and uh, Steamboat from back in the day. Um, and he looked so delighted that Steamboat was putting on such a great show. Yep. And the crowd, who were were not expecting this at all, so into it. Oh yeah, it was so good. Uh, Jericho did end up going over with the Codebreaker. Yep. Um, then he taunts Mickey Rourke. This well, was first, Flair runs into the ring. Oh, he yeah, attacks, Blair's about to throw. Attacks Jericho, but then Jericho hits Flair with the Codebreaker. Mm-hmm. And then Jericho's all taunting Mickey Rourke, who's sitting ringside. This is after the wrestler came out. Right, and Jericho's running down Mickey Rourke saying, you know, you're a lot, you know, all these guys are like your character from the wrestler, a bunch of old has-beens, and you're an old has-been Mickey Rourke. And uh, finally, Mickey Rourke gets, takes enough, uh, or can't take any more, gets into the ring and knocks out Chris Jericho after a little bit of a back-and-forth sparring. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mickey Rourke was a legitimate boxer? He did box for a while, He yeah, did box for a while, yeah. yeah. He quit acting, I think, to, to mm-hmm. try to become a boxer. That's why his face looks weird, mm-hmm. because like after, apparently he took so much punishment boxing that he needed to get plastic surgery, but then the plastic surgery got botched. So, yeah. He was a stud mm-hmm. back in the day, man. That dude was a looker. He was a handsome man. He was. Um, so yeah, that was a that was a decent segment. That's it was worth it for the steamboat. Oh man, steamboat, steamboat was outstanding. He was fantastic. That was so great to see. 
And then, you know, I tried to look up the stuff that you were talking about with his uh, brain injury, and I didn't, I, I couldn't find. I found it in an article from Deadspin or something like that. Oh, oh Deadspin, they're good. Okay. And the fallout of uh, Shibata's injury. Oh, interesting. Okay. All right. Well, I'll it's possible I could have got something confused. I mean, definitely there was a wrestler in one paragraph that mentioned Ricky Steamboat getting injured and then uh, a wrestler uh, getting hurt so bad that his their hemisphere of their brain started tried to split apart or something like that. That, I mean, they might have gotten details on it. All I was able, ever able to find with Steamboat was um, that he had an aneurysm two days after um, getting beat down uh, by the original Nexus. Oh. Um, because they did a thing, I want to say on Raw, where they beat him up. And I don't know exactly where the spot was, but it looked like it might have been a botched um, spine buster where he, like, really hit his head against the, the canvas. Yeah. Um, because, you know, like Foley says, one of the first things to go when you're a wrestler is your ability your to neck tuck, muscles, yeah. your neck muscles. And so it might have been that. I, there's something here from 2014 from Concussion Inc. That that mainly mentions the, the aneurysm. Oh, okay. Um, I think that's the one that I saw as well. But... Uh, well, but here it says you're a... Oh, oh, no, you're right. That is it. Oh, he, he's breeding on the brain was so deep in the brain mm-hmm. that it says here the hemispheres of his brain were trying to separate. Oh. That's so dark. Like, that's so messed up. Yeesh. Yeah, that's messed up. And that's what made that's what made him retire. So he was he was still wrestling. That like, was, they said that incident happened in 2010, so that's just a year after this. 2010, that's right, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. I know. Ugh. Ugh. Anyways. Uh, Steamboat was good here, though. Yeah, he was awesome. Uh, next, wonderful, delightful, broken math. Yeah, Robin Nero. Yes. Um, yeah, this was actually one of their last matches before going to TNA. I think it actually was their last match. Um, I forget if Brother Nero did his CM Punk thing before or after this. No, he did it after it. Yeah, it was SummerSlam. SummerSlam, 2009. 2009. Yeah. yeah, he had the loser leaves town thing. Um, but, uh, but yeah, no, this is, this is a good match. It was an extreme rules match. Yeah. Cause they're the Hardy boys. Yeah. Um, some good spots. Uh, Jeff tries to do whisper in the wind and Matt hits him in the leg with a chair. Yeah. Jeff also came off of a ladder and hit nothing. He was supposed to hit, uh, Matt Hardy. Yeah. He's trying to do a leg drop. Yeah. He's trying to do a leg drop. Yeah. That was at the finish and then Matt put a chair over his head and gave him a twist. Yes. That's right. Yeah. It was pretty nasty. Dude, I have no idea how Jeff Hardy's still wrestling. I know. Like, that's one of those, like, I think that's one of those freakish genetic body things where it's like your body can just take more damage than other people. Yeah. Because, dude, he came off that ladder ladder from high and just <laughs> landed. I know, right in his tailbone. That's just falling on your You're tailbone. You're compressing your spine. Yeah. From, like, really high up. From, yeah. like, 12, 15 feet. Ugh, that was nasty. Yeah, I don't know how he, how he could do that for... 20 plus years. Yeah. But there's, there's a couple cool spots. Uh, Jeff set up two tables, one on top of each other on the outside. Mm. Put Matt between them. That was cool, yeah. And did a splash through them. Um, yeah, it was great because it was, yeah, like I said, it was two t- tables on top of each other, like all folded, like unfolded. Unfolded, yeah. And on top of that, just to add some stank to it, there is a chair on On Matt. top of Matt <laughs> in between <laughs> the tables. I know. That's going to do much of anything. I know. Probably going to protect them more than anything. Could be. Yeah. But overall, fun match. Yeah. Next up was my favorite match on the card because it was only 13 seconds long. Hold on. You forgot about the, mm-hmm. the, the quick bit backstage between Randy Orton and the Legacy where they were just standing around the locker room together in silence. Oh, yeah. And that's when I got a good look at Randy Orton's face. I was like, okay, let me analyze his face for... I'm like, he looks... 
The same but young. The same but kind of like he's got less cracks, but otherwise he looks the exact same as he does now. But and I like, swear he still wears those trunks. But like five years earlier, he, he was such a baby. I know. Orton, 2004. I'm saying he had longer hair. I think he was. He still had a. a he was poofier. Yeah, he still it was kind of a little extra weight. He was poofier. Look at that. Yeah, more hair. But also, he was 24 years old. He's 23 or 24. Exactly. Look at that. And he'll probably only been wrestling WWE for a year or two. Jeez, look at those abs. I know. My goodness, man! I'm gonna get to the gym today. Um, anyways, yeah, there was that. And then we had... Yes. Um, JBL versus Rey Mysterio Jr. for the Intercontinental title. The introduction, introduction to this match mm-hmm. took about 20 times longer than the actual match itself. JBL came out, and this was, it was obvious that this was his last match because, man, he looked... I mean, he looked kind of like me. Was this his last match? Yeah, it was the last match. Yeah, he, when he said, I quit, he literally quit. Gotcha. Um, yeah, he came out. He had won the Intercontinental Championship a month earlier from CM Punk. Um, I don't know exactly. I mean, he had a great run as champion four years prior to this. Yeah. But, uh, and he had sporadically come back. He'd come back a little bit here and there. Um, he won the Intercontinental Championship from Punk. I don't know why or what the circumstances were. He comes out, and, yeah, he just he was like, you know, he was never like, he was never a specimen. He was never trim. No. He was never trim. But he was always uh, filled out. Yeah. You know? I know his arms looked. Not terribly muscular. It looked like it looked like he at that point was only doing cardio, um, because there didn't seem to be a lot of like actual like muscle growth. Yeah, <laughs> like no development. Yeah, his body didn't seem firm. Because I think these days he's just simply trim. Yeah, you know. But you're right. Yeah, it didn't seem firm. Just seemed like it was sagging everywhere. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah, and then especially like his love handles, which like I think they usually just came. I mean, he just was wide waisted. But it was like he was trimming down here, but then it was like... They still kind of spilled out of his trunks. Yeah, not kind of. Um, so, uh, yeah, JBL comes down. He cuts a great JBL promo. Mm-hmm. And even his face was thin. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I noticed that too. Yeah, and uh, he's running down Texas, I think. Because he's like, I always knew I'd come back to champion as Texas. And then I think he ran down he Texas. He talks about how there's no champions in Texas or something mm-hmm. like that. Uh, Mysterio, then the Joker uh, comes out. Yeah, comes wearing Joker gear. Joker gear. You no, know, Rey Mysterio must really love that Joker. <laughs> he's not brand. Yep, X. He did not buy that from Brand X. <laughs> oh man. Um, so JBL gives once both competitors are in the ring. It seems like it takes ten, takes ten minutes for everybody to get to the ring. Uh, JBL before the bell rings just boots Mysterio right in the face. <laughs> yeah, that was great. Sends him to the corner. Uh, I wish that, I wish he just pinned him and that was the. Well, he had to wait for the bell to ring. That's what he's saying. He's asking the ref to ring the bell. But the ref <laughs> was checking on Mysterio. Yeah. So w- that minute and a half was enough for Mysterio to to get his wits about him again after taking a boot to the face. Right. Because Mysterio wins in 21 seconds. Yeah. He uh yeah he like a drop kick a drop six kick six one nine and a top rope splash yeah it was a drop kick he hit him on the back to line him up on the ropes and then six one nine and then a splash yeah and that was it it was all very quick yeah and the crowd was very happy because everybody loves quick matches and everybody loves that Joker not brand JBL Intercontinental Championship reign was brand X and that's where my notes end so I'm gonna go over to your notes now cool next. We have what WWE, I believe, considers the greatest match in WWE history, The Undertaker versus Shawn Michaels. It's a really good match. It is really good, but I think we're, I know we're both partial to the match the following year, and I don't mean this to be the same in the show where we 
we we we we talk crap about a match that's loved and respected because I like it too. Yeah, it's a good match. I just feel like the story from their match the following year, WrestleMania 26, was more riveting and more dramatic. Yeah, I agree with that. I really do like the juxtaposition of Shawn Michaels uh, literally uh, descending from heaven, from on high, bast in white light, in white in white gown. Like gospel esque music yeah, playing, yeah. and then doom doom doom. And then the, think the, I'm cute. the fireworks come up in, in front of him. Yeah, there's no transition in music. <laughs> the fireworks end. They cue his theme, and he's yeah, yeah. He's he doing thing. his stripper dance. I think I'm cute. I know I'm but cute. I, know, I remember hearing that that's what the the theme of the match was. It was heaven versus hell. It was yeah. But that theme didn't really play out during the match itself. No, it really didn't. Which. It could be interesting if they had worked that premise more than just an intro. Yeah, I'm not sure how far you really want to go. I, I'll put it this way. I'm sorry. I'm not sure how far you want the WWE to go with that. Because didn't they do that one year? Like Vince McMahon had like tag team with God. Look how that turned out. It was terrible. I think it was against HBK. Yeah, I think you're right about that. I'm not saying take it that far. but The I mean, theme of good versus evil as opposed to what this match was, which was simply small guy versus big guy. Yeah, yeah. quick guy versus strong guy. Yeah, exactly. No, I'm, I'm with you on that. And one. the match was kind of a, a tale of two halves where the first half was a lot of back and forth striking and stuff. Then after, The Undertaker almost killed himself. Oh, man. So, dude, there were two, there were two over-the-top rope spots. That looked horrible. The first one was when HBK flew out the ring. Oh, did the moonsault and Undertaker... Undertaker not only evaded, but, like, pushed him further and quicker to the ground. He hastened his descent. Yeah. He was up there and just... And it sounds like this. (laughs) When HBK hits the mat. It's loud. It's loud. Dude, it's not good, man. It's not good. Um, And then... That just blew out the audio. And then the second one... headphones. No, this isn't live. I'll I'll fix it. Um, And then the... Because it did sound exactly like that. Um, and then the second one, what you just referenced, shortly thereafter. <laughs> shortly thereafter, exactly. So apparently the guy who played Domino out of Deuce and Domino in the WWE. Yeah, he was the camera guy, right? He was the camera guy. Well, he was, I'm assuming he was a fake camera guy unless they taught him how to work a camera. I don't know how that worked. Um, but anyways... He was a Undertaker was going to do a suicide, not a suicide dive. He was going to do a, a leap over the top rope. Yeah, just a leap over the top rope onto Shawn Michaels, and he was supposed to accidentally hit the cameraman instead. Well, the Undertaker number one. Okay, the thing that I like about most suicide dives when you do it through the ropes is that all you're doing is just launching yourself into a guy, and usually you just push them to stop your momentum, and your legs go like this. But also, you're going forward. Yeah, exactly. There's not much of an arc. Right. Undertaker, I don't know what he really hoped to accomplish, because regardless of where that dude was, the Undertaker was going like this. Oh, I know. He was, like, headed downwards like but, this. But he's heading downwards like this. If the cameraman was one step Oh, closer, yeah, I know, I know. There's a better chance, instead of doing this, yeah. it's that. Yeah. Which and, I think was the intended effect. And Shawn Michaels grabbed the guy and brought him where he was supposed to be, kind of. But even then, the guy didn't move into the correct position. Not early enough. No. Right as the Undertaker is about to land, he drops the camera and tries to catch him. Yeah. But it's, like, way too late. And the great thing is... After it's already done, like in the split second and the Undertaker has settled onto the other guy, onto Domino's body, Domino, like, grabs him like this. Like, he's trying to make things better all of a sudden. Yeah. Like, he's like, he's like no, no I that's caught him. way too late, man. I caught him. That is way too that's late. That's what he's trying to do. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Don't fire me. They did. Anyways, yeah. It looked like Undertaker landed right that on his head. That looked horrible. Right on his God, head. that looked bad. And there was, like, an indentation on the mat out there. Oh, I don't man. know if that's from his head or the camera dropping or what, but that it was bad. It was real bad. bad. After that spot... It was like everybody had infinite finishers. 
Because <laughs> it was finisher kick out, finisher kick out, yeah. finisher kick out. Yeah. Um, Multiple sweet chin musics. Couple tombstones, the last ride. The last ride, yeah. Um, that was cool, yeah. HBK when he countered the tombstone with the DDT. Yeah. That was pretty neat. Yeah. Um, yeah, take your kicked out of sweet chin music. I just felt like the second match had A, a better story, more mm-hmm. drama, better flow to it. Yeah. That's just my opinion. A lot of people like this match. No, I know. This one's good. Yeah, no. I'll have to watch that second one at some point. Yeah, I watched it. I think they're on WrestleMania uh, season. I know I've watched it within the last 12 months, and I do remember liking it better than this one. And for the reasons you're talking about, I just need to watch. I need to watch it. Yeah. Um, HBK like is like a lot more defiant. Mm-hmm. That one where at the end. Oh, 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 no. That's, that was it. Pulling himself up. That was it. it. That was so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. No, mm-hmm. that was really good. It was it was his last gasp. Yeah. Yeah, no, I like that. And defiant till the end. Yeah. That was good stuff. But anyways, the finish was cool. So, uh, Undertaker catch HBK midair while HBK is trying to do a top rope moonsault. Yeah, that was fun. And uh, give him a tombstone. There was a lot of really good spots, some good storytelling. Mm-hmm, yeah. But, yeah, I just kind of wish they had they had incorporated the the theme. Not literally, but just a little bit more. Yeah, man. Like if if if, if HBK is burning a Bible into well, if like HBK touches Undertaker's skin, it if HBK up. is a man of God, why is he why is he like t- uh, cutting corners during the match? May I also remind you though that uh, you know last time we actually saw satanic powers oh, in I a match. Know. I know. So what they, you're saying they is involve projecting images in the screen. I know. That's <laughs> you'd like to see shots of uh, Isaac Yankum. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I don't know how you would do it. I have no idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but no little things like you just said. You know, cutting corners. You know, staying true to. You know, or at least know, maybe something involving. Or at least say say you know HBK's uh, historically. You know, he he's been a great heel historically <laughs> speaking. So maybe there's a battle within him. Yeah. You know, he's in a situation where oh normally I would cut corners, but being yeah. a religious man now, yeah. I can't do that. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. How many comes out with like a bunch of disciples and they reenact the Last Supper <laughs> at the top of the ramp? A bunch of local jobbers. That'd be great. He comes out in like Jesus garb, but it's like cheap co- Halloween costume yeah. Jesus. <laughs> oh man, that's terrible. <laughs> uh, next up, we had. Well, here. <laughs> did, you, did, you, did you watch the recap? Of course, package? I did. Okay, this is so bad. Like, this is the kind of shit we talk about when we're like, man, we just went to the G1 specials in New Japan, and then we got to watch this. I know. I mean, thankfully, they don't really do this anymore for the most part. Not to this degree. Yeah, this was very soap opera. This was so soap opera. It was so bad. You have 28 writers on staff, and this is what you're going to give us? Edge and Vicky Guerrero are are a weird, gross couple. And then, I mean, like, I love Vicky Guerrero. She's great. And yeah. I know this is all a heel thing. But come on, man. Once we've seen Edge and Lita literally have sex live on air, anything down from that, it's, just, it's gross. I want to, it's all about Lita. Um, and then, like, Lita, and then Vicky Guerrero is, like, like, banging Big Show on, like, GTV. Yeah. And John Cena has that footage. Yeah. And he's being, like, cheeky mischief guy. But also, uh, Edge uh, took an opportunity to get himself an Elimination Chamber match and beat Cena for the title. Well, yeah. Well, once again, Edge does a lot of neat things. Done a lot of neat things. We still have to do that count out. Yeah, I know we do. Up the neat things Edge has done. Edge has done, yeah, exactly. That's number one on that list. Oh, live sex shop. Of course. Yeah. Doesn't get neater than that, man. Nipple. Uh, let's see here. So, yeah, this match was... With, oh, yeah, Vicky was ringside in a wheelchair with Chavo Guerrero. Yeah, he was around. 
Yeah, I think because Vicky got speared or something. Something happened to her. Um, it happened in the package, but I don't remember what it was. Oh, but wasn't she faking? Because didn't she get speared? Yeah, she did later on too. Through the okay on this one too. Yeah. Uh, so the first half of this match was just it wasn't bad. Just a lot of back and forth stuff. Nothing in terms of storytelling other than uh, Big Show is. Well, yeah, they were trying to yeah trying exactly, to get yeah. him out of the equation so they could fight. Kind yeah, of, I mean, Big, really Big Show was still like. He was still good enough that he could he could pull off some impress some kind of cool spots. There was one that one spot where like what was it? Cena came flying at him and Big Show just sort of swatted him out of the air. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That was kind of cool. Um, although, man, didn't uh, Edge at one point get both Edge and Big Show up for an AA? You mean Cena? I'm sorry, Cena. Yeah, yeah, he yeah, like yeah. had Big Show and then Edge tried to get on top of Big Show and then he like got off yeah. him. That Cena's. Unnatural. He's pretty strong. It's crazy. That was the finish of the match, too. Yeah, that was the finish of the match. Because uh, Cena gave AAs to both Big Show and Edge. Mm-hmm. And pins, well, well. So I kind of feel like Big Show was just in that match, so Edge didn't have to eat a pin. Right, right, right. Uh, next up, we had the 2009 WWE Hall of Fame class. What's awesome is that Ricky Steamboat, the night before WrestleMania, inducted the Hall of Fame, had a match. Uh, went and changed into his tux mm-hmm. and was out there for the uh, the, the ceremony. Yep, and of pretty course, neat. This is the year that Stone Cold Steve Austin. And they gave him an extended sequence where he rode his uh, ATV down the ring. What was Stone Cold's his last match was 2003? Yep. They they kept on talking about how this was like going to be his last appearance in WWE ring or something like that. They said during. Oh, I missed that. That's weird. Thing. But he yeah he drove his his four wheeler mm-hmm. down to the ring. Yeah. Um, did the whole beer thing for quite some time. Went down to Jr. Gave him beer. It was fun. What? So, what year did they start doing the big Ballyhoo Hall of Fame stuff? Because they, for a long time, they it was just like a banquet. Yeah, it was like a banquet thing, and then they started like bringing him out on the WrestleMania stage, I don't remember. televising I don't remember. it. I feel like maybe it was because I don't remember it had being during the Attitude Era. Then no, 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 no. I don't even cool. think they. I don't think the whole did the Hall of Fame. Oh, it did exist. I think they started the Hall of Fame like ninety five. Ninety six, I think. Yeah, ninety five, something like that. Um. So then we had uh, the main event, which was Randy. See, like we're just ripping through this freaking pay per view because like there's not a lot to talk about. Not really. Ninety three is when they started the Hall of Fame. The main event was uh, Randy Orton versus Triple H. So Randy Orton had been terrorizing the McMahon family. Yeah. And at one point, two thousand four was the first year they they started doing stuff um, to coincide with WrestleMania. Oh, WrestleMania okay. twenty. Who's so okay? Let's run down the headliners really quick. Two thousand four. From two thousand four. Uh, 2004 headliner was, well, that was, was a deeper year. Um, <laughs> well, there's Harley Race, there's Ventura, there's Slaughter, there's uh, Junkyard Dog. Okay, so there's, okay, so there's no Peter. real, there was no real, like, headliner the way yeah, we know him now. 2005, okay, so 2005, Hogan. Hogan, 2006, Brett. 2007 was Dusty. Really? He was a headliner. Interesting. Yeah, 2008 was Ric Flair, and 2009 was Stone Cold. Okay, all right. 2010 was DiBiase. So that was kind of my question, is that his last match was 2003. DiBiase was a headliner? Yeah, 2010 was DiBiase, Anoki, Wendy Richter, uh, Mad Dog Vachon, Gorgeous George, and Stu Hart. Wow. But then 2011 was HBK. Yeah, then it kicked into gear. 2012 was Edge. Uh, Mick Foley and uh, Bruno. Bruno. That's right, Bruno. And then Warrior in 14. And then 2015 was Kevin Nash with the headliner, but... I think Macho Man is the real headliner there. 
Oh, that's right. He was the headliner. Should have been Macho Man. That's weird. And then 2016 was Sting. Kurt Angle. 2017. Um, yeah, so they they spent like basically, you know, five years just getting doing doing all the old timers. All the back catalog of old timers still in the good graces of Vince McMahon. That's why it took so long to get to Stone Cold. These days, as soon as you retire, you're going to next year. Like Edge had it like the, the year after. Yeah, I think part of that was the circumstance around retirement, though. He was forced to retire. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I think that's probably why. I mean, Foley didn't get in until that same year. I wonder if they want to do Daniel Bryan. I don't know. He deserves it. He's got. Do you think if they said, "Hey, we're putting you in the Hall of Fame contractually," can he say no? I don't think so. I don't know though. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they'll do that next year at WrestleMania before he leaves to go wrestle again. Yeah, he needs to. They need to not do that. Like, wait till he's actually. Wait till he's good. Wait till he has actually retired. Yeah. Anyways. Anyways, Randy Orton versus Triple H. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, uh, Randy Orton apparently still upset about uh, Evolution. Kicking mm. him out, which happened like five years prior, <laughs> four or five years prior, yeah, um, has been uh, wreaking havoc on Triple H and the McMahon family as a whole. Because by this time, it was it was known that Triple H was you know part of the family. He had uh, swindled his way into the McMahon clan so he could run the company ten years later. Um, and yeah, so there was like a great video package him just terrorizing people. Uh, punting Vince, punting Shane. And then, like, handcuffing Triple H to the ring post while he does a draping DDT on Stephanie. And then kisses her. Oh, yeah. And he also uh, RKO'd her at another point. (laughs) Ouch. So, yeah, he was wreaking havoc, man. There's that one shot towards the the end of that package of Vince, Shane, and Triple H all coming out to the ring to confront Orton and Legacy. That's so cheesy. That's, like, such a Triple H... And Vince, like, oh, yeah, we, we should be the main event here. I know. <laughs> you know? Should have been HBK Entertainment. Oh, yeah. I, in fact, that's how I watched the show. Oh, really? I yeah. watched that match last. Yeah. Okay, that's good. But I didn't, I mean, I had heard this match wasn't that great. But I didn't think it was terrible. The the finish was so anticlimactic. Oh, it really was. Because it was all like, it was just Triple H. Like, Orton pulled out the sledgehammer. Triple he, H used the sledgehammer on Orton. Yeah. And then that was it. Well, we, here, the sequence of events kind of went. Uh, Orton goes outside the ring to get the sledgehammer. Mm-hmm. When he com- when he's coming back into the ring, Triple H punts him. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Triple H gets the sledgehammer, hits Orton with it. That's okay. Mm-hmm. That shit went right to pedigree. Yeah. In between, Triple H decided to drop like a dozen punches on Orton. Yeah. It just felt like more match after that. Right, 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 right. It should have right, been right. punt, sledgehammer, pedigree done. And I think the point of it of all the punches because you're right, but I think the point was I'm gonna inflict damage. The crowd should, at this point, be super into Triple H. This is in Triple H's head. The crowd will be totally behind me because this guy, he did a draping DDT on Stephanie, and he kissed her, and he punted her. And people are usually like, yeah, but isn't Stephanie kind of a jerk sometimes? You know? Like, oh, they're going to total sympathy. They're going to be huge, big heat. Dad, I'm a huge face now. Dad, I'm I'm a huge face right now. Suck it. And so they're going to be huge on me, you know, hitting uh, Randy there with a sledgehammer. And then uh, and then I'll punch him a bunch, and they'll be really really fired up. But really, they were just like, okay, we see where this match is going. If Randy had kicked out of all that, and then extended it by another two minutes, that could have been interesting. But that's I kind know. of a face thing to do. I know, you know. But it's like nobody really. I feel like nobody really cared because nobody really likes the McMahons as characters, especially his faces. Especially, yeah, yeah, totally his faces. That's the point. Well, maybe Shane. People like Shane. 
Now they do, but I think they were kind of ambival- ambivalent towards him back then. Oh, like, what be. was he really doing back then? I don't remember. I feel like he get because that was towards the end of him being around. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I just think they they sort of miscalculated how much people actually cared about them as good people. Yeah, <laughs> they weren't believable as good people. <laughs> they weren't believable as sympathize of people. Sympathetic people, yeah. Sympathetic characters, exactly. I know. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, honestly, I think if they just got if Triple H hadn't punched Orton in the face but a dozen times, if it was punt sledgehammer pedigree. It would have went over better. Well, yeah, I mean, and also there, there, there had, there has to be like a struggle there. Once you hit somebody with a sledgehammer, they're out. There's, and there's that you, you rob the opportunity of a struggle. Like you have good and bad. There needs to be like good has to be on the precipice of getting destroyed by bad, and then you come back and the crowd pops for that. But it just it wasn't there. And on top of that, like once you hit Randy with a sledgehammer. He was pretty much out for the rest yes, of the match. I know. No, he was out. And so... He, he was, was selling yeah, TKO. He was selling concussion. And so the crowd doesn't even get the satisfaction of the villain. It's not that you're not the villain out. It's that the villain has to understand that he's losing. That he's been beaten. That he's been beaten. That's where the satisfaction comes in. Yeah. But if he's concussed, if he's knocked out, then you're just, you know... Then you're, you're just beating up a, a... You're beating a dead horse. An unconscious person. <laughs> Not exactly a face move. <laughs> no. I did like how this match started. We're about a minute into it. Orton hits an RKO, lines Triple H up for a punt. Triple H gets out of the way and then hits Orton with a pedigree. Yeah. It's all within like the first 90 seconds of the match. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, wow, this is awesome. This would be great. Yeah. They're just picking up right where Undertaker and HBK left off. Yeah. Infinite finishers. Lacey had made her a dinner and came in while I was watching this and she sits down and, and it's like just in the thick... Of like this right here, yeah, and it's like it's so slow and so plodding, and she's sitting there eating. She's like, "How can you watch this all the time?" And so I was like, "Hold on!" And I opened up the PWG bit with a slow mo and yeah. the butt plug, yeah. and I was like, "This is what I like to watch more." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I was I, after watching this Orton Triple H match. I thought this was better than Triple H Reigns because at least there's not rest holds. There's never really a rest hold. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. The pace was decent. Triple H Reigns was just a bad, was bad was, match. That was a plotting, boring this match. Was a nor- this was just a regular match that fizzled. Yeah. What you're talking about, that Triple H Reigns match was just boring. Yeah. It was like Tanahashi Billy Gunn. Yeah. Was I was never bored by this match, but no, it's not to say it was a good match. Um, yeah. I Maybe mean, it went on five minutes too long. Yeah. I feel like they're, I, I just feel like, you're, you're right, because it opened hot. I just feel like it didn't really carry that passion with it. I didn't really feel like, you know, since the stipulation was in place, that Triple H could lose by DQ or count out. They never really played into that. Orton never did. Yeah. Orton should have been taunting Triple H the whole time to get himself DQ'd. Sorry, Triple H DQ'd. Should have been, like, exposing his junk, saying, come on, hit it. Whatever he thought he needed to do. Kick me in the ball sack. For Triple H to get disqualified, he should have done that. Instead, it was just Triple H losing his temper, the ref saying, you better stop or I'm going to disqualify you. Stop that now. And Triple H would stop. Even the end, when he was punching... Orton's unconscious body. <laughs> the ref was like, "You better stop from disqualifying." Yeah, yeah. Just probably just said, "All right, uh, pedigree time." This is Yano. Randy, we're taking this home. Yeah, Randy's saying, "You know, keep on playing like you're unconscious." People love a villain who can't, who's unconscious, <laughs> who can't get to defend themselves. I know. <laughs> I think that's what he thought. I think he thought that everybody'd be like super into that. Yeah, you get him. But uh, no, anyways, no. Uh, let us know what you guys saw in the comments. But first. We have to let you guys at home know which pay-per-view we're going to be 
uh, doing next. Now, it's too late for you to vote if you're uh, a patron because the vote happened before this video went up, obviously, because we're about to tell you what won. Um, however, if you like, uh, at the $10 Patreon mark, uh, pledging to our channel, you, you can vote. Vote. See, this is going back to the beginning where we don't, obviously don't know what we're doing. <laughs> it's fizzling out. Just it like Let's just get to it. All right, here are your three options. Here are the three options that, we, that, that we, will be up for vote. Yeah. like I don't even know why we give the other. Just for your own information, this is what was up for vote. So you know what could have been. <laughs> First, Clash of Champions 14, the debut of the Shockmaster. We went for all bad. Yes. We went uh, for all bad stuff. The uh, WCW Monday Nitro from September 25th, 2000. The night that Vince Russo was WCW champion. This is when Vince Russo won the WCW championship. He's been big in the news lately uh, with his restraining order on Jim Cornette. When I say in the news, I mean like nerdy Twitter podcast news. Yeah. Um, and so I thought it'd be funny to watch, A, a Nitro from 2000, and B, Vince Russo booking himself to win a belt against Booker T. I know. And then Man. our last uh, option is the Wrestling Classic, which is... Kind of the forgotten second pay-per-view to yeah. WrestleMania. Yeah, it happened after WrestleMania 1 yeah. in November of 85. It's a tournament, and none of the matches last more than nine minutes. The longest match is nine minutes long. The shortest match is 13 seconds. Can't wait. It's 15 matches on the card, and they're all super short. Yeah. It's fantastic. And there's one match on here that got, it's only one of five matches that got a negative five-star rating from Dave Meltzer. Um, junkyard dog. So you're rooting for this one, is what you're saying. I'll be happy with any of these. I'll be honest. I will be totally happy. Yeah, with we really did. We really did stack the deck to make sure we get something that will. Yeah, something to talk about. Exactly. It's all bad. I mean, the wrestling classic might have some. None of the matches are all that long. No, I heard the the Macho Man matches are pretty decent. Oh, okay, that's good. That's good. Macho Man's good. So yeah, wrestling classic. What the heck? Oh, it's the progress oh, logo. Oh, progress logo. That's oh, that's cool. cool. Up here. Yeah, they can't see it. No. Anyways. Anyway, so the winner of this week's vote is Nitro from September 25th, 2000. Vince Russo wins the title. That was a horrible idea. <laughs> oh, man. So that's what we're going to be watching. Uh, that's your homework for next week. And until then, all these are on the WWE Network. So yeah, check them out there. And until next week, we'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that. And find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly. Which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.